0: You say something, young lass show, show,
1: house, house, house. That was beautiful. beautiful, I
2: was trying to pick it up better on my mind. You
1: just do the whole show with a couple of old geezers A couple old
0: cowboys. This couch doesn't rock the way it used to <laughs> Somebody upholstered Moroccan chair <laughs> What's going on?
1: Gadzooks, I've been sitting on a pile of gold <laughs> <laughs> We would drive cats crazy
2: no, I love it. Just don't expect me to m- say funny voices.
0: Well, you're just you just uh, the the nurse that takes care of us and gives us the little <laughs> cups with the pills we like. <laughs> you don't got to participate, Nurse Casper. You just <laughs> let us old fellers rocking our <laughs> rocking our <laughs> socks.
1: Uh, and having a little <laughs> between. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jasper here only speaks in flute tunes. <laughs> 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 it's like that guy in Breaking Bad with the little bell. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. For me, I only have the flute. You know. Mm.
2: So you're a multi instrumentalist. You I rip
0: on even that thing, know man. Know this. Something like that. It's funny because I never played anything formerly like with strings or with hand positions. You know, mm. like frets mm. and things. Um, but like the first instrument I played was a didgeridoo. Mm. Whoa,
2: that's like a really hard instrument.
0: It's a weird instrument. I mean, it's the oldest wind instrument. It's the, the widest arrangement of farting noises you can artfully make.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I went, um, I was kind of an Australia file growing up. I always had like this. No way! Yeah, I just had like this <laughs> this drive down under. Like str- down <laughs> under, I was all fascinated by the strange wildlife <laughs> that was percolating up from that wow. weird little corner of the evolutionary oh. laboratory in the gills. Ah. The gills. So I, I <laughs> in ni- I think it was 1997 or something. So I was like 15, 16. I got to visit Australia, and then I went into a didgeridoo store, mm. and I was like. How do you play these tubes? And they were like, you just blob your lips like this. <laughs> and then you put it against the opening, and it's all there to it. And wow. so I, like, played around. I kind of c- caught it, but I couldn't circular breathe. So for a few years, I was just like... I got like a Didgeridoo It Yourself, which mm. is just like a PVC tube with a little bit of wax on the top. Didgeridoo It Yourself. Yeah. I like you, that. You get those at Home Depot. A lot okay. of people don't know. Home de- I mean, Blue Man Group knows. <laughs> Home Blue Depot Man Group <laughs> does know about it. <laughs> has all the goods. <laughs> And so I got one of those and I started playing it. And for years I played it without being able to circular breathe. So I just like stop on the beat. Mm. And then when I came to California in like was 2006, my first friend Rest in peace, Frankie Man, a.k.a. Jungle Love, taught me to circular breathe on the way to L.A. Like he would stop on the side of the road to take a nap and I would practice. Wow. And a lot of people will say you practice, you take like a straw in a cup of water and you try to blow continuous bubbles. And I was like, that's like somebody teaching you how to ride a bike by like you know like climbing fences <laughs> like what i want i want the immediate thing so i was just like practiced it and then at some point i got it and wow that became very much like a, a vehicle i like instruments that are also weapons when i'm traveling you oh. know? So That's <laughs> good walking around with like this didgeridoo it was like a sword on my back i had by then like this really dense eucalyptus didge you know which was like you know a real real thwacker. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd walk around (laughs) with my portfolio as a shield and this didgeridoo on my back. And nowadays, um, I play this flute a lot, which was made by a friend uh, of rootflute.com, Daniel Hansen. This is one of his earlier models, which is just like, as you can see, a bamboo root.
2: Cool. That he
0: turned into this beautiful flute with what I'm told is the mouthpiece of, I think, a bansari or like some kind of Japanese flute. But nowadays, he makes them really elaborate like i'll have like triple reeded antler flutes that are embedded with all kinds of gemstones and fossils like i was joking with a friend the other day we were looking on his website and we we're like so wh- what is the thought process in this where he's like antlers that's the new flute and then he's sitting around and he's <laughs> like hmm hmm what's it gonna be mammoth tusk yeah <laughs> definitely like <laughs> <So a> mammoth <laughs> tusk and they're like Hmm, That needs some uh, benzonite. Is that? That's not even a stone. That's clay. I've got clay on my face. i have just got clay on the mm. mind now. Clay, oh on the yeah. <laughs> clay on the, on the face. Clay on the face. So clay on the face. Clay on the mind. Title r- of the episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did you do a little research before you put clay on your face, or uh,
0: a little bit, just a little bit? So, for the folks that can see us, and the folks that can't, uh, I'll give a little. <laughs> I'll explain this clay on the face thing. Uh, so, I was living in the jungle in Mexico for almost two years, and near the tail end of it, I got a, a parasitical infection, a flesh-eating parasite, a single-celled protozoa, <laughs> found its way <laughs> into my body by the uh, means of a... Let's, let's backtrack. All right. Yeah. In the jungles <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> in world. There is a giant deforestation effort on account of Train Maya, the railroad through the Yucatan. And due to this deforestation, an ancient evil has been unleashed. The ancient evil is carried by the vector of a sandfly, colloquially known as Mosca Chiclera. The hosts of this parasite are mostly cats and dogs, and occasionally humans. More and more humans. Oh <laughs> man, I am one of these humans. <laughs> Holy <laughs> smokes! So this little sandfly, about a quarter the size of a mosquito, looks like a little you oh know piece God. of dust in the air. Like I always say, like I wish it was a bear. We can be, like, honey. Yeah. That bear's out there again. Let's go inside. Yeah. But yeah. in this case, it's like tiny little little puff floating through the air and then if you're lucky enough like i was then it's a female sand fly and it's carrying this parasite so i got really lucky mm. i got bit on the hand and on the face so <sighs> late january i wake up and i've got what looks like a little spider bite on my face and on my hand so i'm like oh it must have been a spider bit me i brushed it away it bit me again mm. we'll keep an eye on it <laughs> A month later, that thing is just growing, growing, growing. So I went to a doctor, and that's when I learned about Musca chiclera. Wow. They knew right away. <laughs> he said, because he had a few other cases earlier that day even... Oh, God. And he was like, yeah, we'll take you to the lab. It's probably, it's called Leishmania, or, which sounds like Leather Daddy territory. <laughs> <I say. laughs> Leishmania. <laughs> this week only. Leishmania. We might have to change the episode, Natal. <laughs> Leishmania. <to> <laughs> 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 Scratch Holy out shit. whatever clay on the face, <laughs> clay on the mind. Leishmania. <laughs> One night only. Uh-huh. Leishmania unleashed. Um, wow. Yeah, so Leishmania or Leishmaniasis is like the, the infection of it that I had. Have? Had? Had. Because uh, then, you know. It's like, okay, so I have it, so now what? He's like, well, it's a slow process. It turns out that the architect who built the place where I lived, a place called Qualia, he got there about two weeks ahead of me. He got one on his arm, mm-hmm. but his was not as bad as mine, but he started with this Mayan remedy, which is these like leaves that are carbonized into ashes, and then you basically you open the scab and you stuff it in there with some oil oh. every day. Uh, and that's supposed to like cure it in 30 days, so I was hopeful. I'm like, yes, nature for the win. What an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Five <laughs> weeks later, I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not doing it. Ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so then the other option was to go to the Centro de Salud in Tulum and get... Uh, so I lived like 20 minutes outside of Tulum in the jungle in this artist residency. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to go there and get these injections. This Western medicinal... Antimonies, these heavy metals mm. injected.
2: When your face is getting eaten alive, you, you're like, I'll yeah. go towards Western medicine. At After some point.
0: five weeks of like, and yeah. you know, like, Come on. My, uh, my now ex girlfriend and I out there for a little while, we were lysurgically altering ourselves uh, on a weekly basis. We're um,
1: lysurgically altered right now. Are you really?
0: Yeah. Wow, I wouldn't even have, wouldn't even have guessed. Or well,
1: you would have known about <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> 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 we were like, let's cool it out. Anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, so so in that state,
0: there were these moments where you know, while I was still stuffing it with Mayan ashes, where I'd like look at it and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's not looking good." Oh like these like God. really nice like Cronenbergian moments where oh it's like, <laughs> "I'm sorry that you guys are like, surgically altered right <laughs> well, now because this about to get vivid." <laughs> <laughs> I I get when vivid you say
1: Cronenberg, I just script. think <laughs> of The Fly, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's exactly. Like my it, body's that's
0: exactly <sighs> it. It's that." But then there's also like you know the like existence, you know, like it looks kind of like I've got a bioport yeah. on my face <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'd look at it and I'd see, you know, like that ah, doesn't look very good. That's probably time to start thinking towards doing, you know, the Western medicinal route. And I thought you'd just go in there so I was like coming in with my somewhat Spanish speech prepared, like I'll just go in there and I'll be like, yeah, so maybe like next week would be a good time. And they're like, okay, first we're going to do a couple weeks of just like paper tracing, paper trail chasing. Oh, so a couple God. weeks went by of just like filling out forms. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready for it now. They're like, okay, so you're in the system and we'll let you know when the medicine arrives. And I was like, how long is that going to be? It like, could be a few weeks. <gasps> what so are, are we got? talking about? I got yeah. I'm getting yeah. seen a But the <laughs> thing is, well, after a few weeks, after a couple weeks, I'm like, hey, so it's been two weeks. Uh, any news yet? They're like, yeah, no, we don't know. I mean, it could, could be months. We really don't know. It depends on the government and it's case-by-case case basis. You're and like, I'm uh, going
2: to America. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I don't
0: know, I know if it would have, would have been much better. America wouldn't even know that much about Right, I mean, and, and the thing that they usually use here now that's FDA approved is an, a pill called Impavo, which costs like seventeen grand. Oh rish you. Yeah, exa- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What the Take hell? the Rish right off of that yeah. impavo Rish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that didn't seem like an option. So I was just like, okay, I guess um, we'll wait it out. And it took took about five weeks of waiting, and then finally um, it was my turn. To uh, get my intramuscular injections in the most muscular part of the body, oh. the butt, wow. during Pride Month. So twenty pricks in the butt during Pride <laughs> Month. I feel like I. W- it's
2: like you had rabies.
0: I oh mean, that that's also a thing apparently that goes around there. I learned about later, and there's there's all kinds of things apparently that still are abound that you know, like dengue fever and things like that. Were you
2: nervous about getting another bite while you were there?
0: Yeah. So that that was the other thing. Like, this place had felt like home. Yeah, I mean, that's what an ecosystem, eco is home. So this was like, I was at home in this ecosystem and I had my partner and she moved away back to Argentina where she was from uh, in May because one of the factors also was like, she was afraid that she would get it as well, you know? Uh, And so now it was just like me out there for the last couple of months, like waiting for the medicine and going through the treatment and that feeling of like, I don't feel safe outside, you know, because what if you get another... Not and that's not one. the
2: kind of place where you have windows, right? So it's like, why even is yeah. it all yeah. outside?
0: Yeah, glass. I mean, there's yeah, there's like bug screens, but I mean, this thing could fly through. Like there were nights, like I was very diligent about like killing every mosquito and flying thing. And I would collect them on a little piece of paper. And I had like at one day, like six or seven of these little little oh, wow. moscaciclera flies. The even. ones that got you. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. it doesn't mean that they're infected, Vengeance. but they were like... Around, yeah. So I was just like, I'm going to collect you guys. I'm going to put their heads on the walls. You wouldn't be able to see so it. You but war- <laughs> no, but you warned them because they, they can know. smell each they'll other. Yeah. yeah.
2: This guy's not fucking around.
0: Yeah. So that was crazy. Um, but yeah, so after a month of daily intermuscular butt injections, um, mm. it, it got vanquished from my body, but there was still like a lot of red around the... Basically, like, I've got this crater in my face right now, and it's got, like, this inflammation around it. And it's they said, well, it takes, like, at least two months for the inflammation to go away. And it's been, like, almost two months, and it's just, like, got more inflamed. And I got, like, a secondary infection on the one on my hand. Wow. Um,
2: That's why I'm, like, you're taking a risk with this clay approach. Like, did you do research? So so
0: yesterday I met somebody, and they were telling me to do uh, – they gave me this clay mixed with castor oil. And they were, like, you you cannot go around, like, with these – with these ones exposed like in that. In New York you know, City. In New York City. Yeah, yeah, in, in sunlight and stuff like that. And they were like, put this, put this clay on there, sleep with it, just cover it in plastic, and then put it, take it off the next day and put it back on. So last night I was like, okay, well, let me... Because the one on my hand was like not scabbing over. It was not looking good. So I was like, let me just try <laughs> this clay approach. And I put it on last night. And then this morning I looked and I was like, oh, it actually looks a like lot better it already. It healed a little bit.
2: Because clay and dries it out, right?
0: Well, it also from the little bit of research that I did on it, where I was like, <laughs> is clay good on open wounds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, clay pulls out um, bacteria. bacteria, toxins, infections, but it doesn't affect the healthy, um, what would you White call White cells Hel- or something. Yeah. Healthy flora or, <laughs> or whatever, okay. healthy yeah. bacteria. Uh, and then it also, you know, it insulates it from the, from the air. And um, so it seems like, over she said like do it for a week and that should like pull all the inflammation out of it so I'm like I want to believe these things so yeah, I'm like I'm yeah. experimenting with my body because that's also what western medicine does you know like of course like I, 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 my insurance is in California so here I could only do like urgent care or emergency room so I went to the urgent care and they charged like 250 bucks <laughs> to tell me like yeah I don't really know dude but here's something for <laughs> the secondary infection uh maybe see infectious diseases or a dermatologist and I was like yeah I don't have money for all those yeah. things right now so and i'm about to go to europe so it'll be well a little that's while where you before. Get that's where treated maybe yeah. i mean the netherlands also is not um we looked it up yesterday it's it's comp- compulsory health care which means that you have to buy healthcare, but they don't provide it for you. it's not like socialized like in, in france oh, and really? places like that yeah wow i didn't know that Okay. Uh, yeah. So now, so now I'm walking around with clay on my face. That was a, a long detour, but what? that's how I kind of roll. You know? No, thank like you I've for sharing this story got all with these us. little buttons, and you can press the clay button, and then you <laughs> get the whole. That's not even the whole backstory, but that's the the small arc of the
1: parasitic Dude, life. Cycle. It was enough when you told us that the other night. I was like, I'm glad we didn't go to Mexico. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were always drawn there when you were down there. We were like, damn, that's a good time. <laughs> you know, the weather up here is shitty. Like, we should go down to Mexico. And we were always like a week away from <laughs> going down there and for some reason or another we didn't yeah. go and then you told us this and i'm like i don't think i'm going i've never been to mexico yeah. but it's we'll
2: it's go to mexico but now we have to be very scared of little flies go in armor yeah
0: the thing is like I, it's not like everybody like i said it's a lottery you have to be real lucky to get it
2: but this is this is the you're uh, like a warning case for deforestation and
0: that's that's one of the things that came out of it is this kind of like and i did a whole podcast solo episode about it called leishmaniasis which you know i, I mentioned in there it sounds like a mars volta <laughs> <laughs> album or something <laughs> it, <does. laughs> it sounds so metal uh, leishmaniasis. It does. yeah um but yeah and I, I i talk about kind of the i look at it from different angles from a pragmatic angle of somebody that's just trying to like heal themselves of it but also like kind of the shamanic angle and um like an ecological angle which is yeah it's It's
2: like a wake-up call
0: it is and it's you know this is the thing about like the ecological crisis is that we get so numbed by statistics and and raw data that there's no emotional connection to it or it feels like that's about other people or about down the line or something Mm -hmm. like that whereas the one of the first signs even before or maybe it was during my infection already but uh yeah it was already during it at some point like We heard the dogs were barking outside our cabin and we went out to investigate and were shining lights into the trees and I'd see these little eye lights shining back at us from the trees and these little shadow figures moving through the trees, which is like super trippy. What the And then it's like the monkeys are back. Little spider monkeys were mm. making their way because little they. Spider monkeys, <laughs> the <laughs> tiny little spider monkeys, <laughs> were making their way across the jungle for their habitat had become invaded, oh, and not invaded by parasitic infestations, but infestations of humans. And you know, he, nature doesn't put up signs that say. Don't do this or else. Nature puts up subliminal signs that say, fuck (laughs) around and find (laughs) out. And this is why we're imbued with intuition. But the modern world has just dried that stuff right up, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So so the monkeys fled their habitats, made their way to us. And so it really started painting this picture. Oh, and like to go one chapter back from the infestation, the first time I heard about Leishmania was... Uh, this little cat that had wandered in from the jungle. And uh, he called himself Eo, because that's <laughs> all he said. He was like, Eo, Eo, Eo. So I called him Little Eo, and Little Eo be spitting. Like, that cat could sing, man. And mm. we put on some Mike Patton, Mondo Kane. Oh, whoa. And he would, like, sing along with that. Damn. Not word for word, but he definitely was like... So he had some <laughs> range, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just the cutest little gremlin, you know? Like, came out of the jungle, but he had these tumors on him that kept getting worse, and then... Uh, again, Cronenberg, he was like a little Cronenbergian lawn sprinkler where he would like wow. scratch them open and s- s- shake his head oh and like little little paint splatters of blood <laughs> and flesh oh would land on the wall. I was like, ah, oh, this beautiful sanguine galaxy that this cat has <laughs> so perfectly primed on the wall. What art, what art, this nature. And then after a while, it was like, you know, because I, I had a, a, a connection with this cat, but it was also like kind of unsanitary, so... Uh, rosa was my girlfriend out there um, came up with the eo stick which was this perfect stick that you could like touch him with a 10-foot pole and scratch him behind his ears and stuff and he he didn't care that that it was not a human hand he was just as happy he just wanted to be scratched and get attention wow Uh, but he was very when he arrived very ptsd Mm. Mm. but also wanted he's like help me help me stay the fuck away from me help help get away from me (sighs) and after about a week we kind of like won his trust and you know we'd feed him and he'd hang out, he became kinda of part of the family, but he was a, a little leper, you know. So mm. I took him to the vet. I'm <laughs> oh like, child. what is this? And then they were like, Oh well, this might be this thing called Leishmania and if that's the case then, you know, we may have to put him down. So they did the tests. Turns out it was he was like riddled with leashmania <sighs> and so they put him down. Uh, and they use this body for a necropsy to see if they will like get more research on it because again there's like not that much some so pet
1: cemetery <laughs> shit.
0: Yeah, well I was thinking more like some Jesus stuff, you know, uh, it's okay, like this okay. special little guy will be the Messiah for humans wow. and other animals. <laughs> rest it, in power, it, Eo. It, yeah, exactly, rest wow. in power, Eo. So this is also like, I consider myself a Bardo bard, which is okay. like <laughs> a, a storyteller of liminal spaces. Mm. And so part of that is that things that don't have a voice, such as a parasite, do want me to speak for it and spread the awareness and similar also like i feel like people that have people and creatures that i've known and connected with such as frankie man jungle love Mm, r.i.p little eo Mm. or my my own cat fox who died during the pandemic uh, which is another like one of those things when eo came along that's the first cat connection i had since then Mm. but i had to let him go and then like 6 months later or so is like i i became infected with it so i knew about it already Whoa. and it's possible that because eo was around a sand fly drank of him and then got me and it lay dormant wow. so there's there's that element as well so it's like you know maybe it's my own damn fault for this goddamn compassion well, this compassion, I, folks, will get you nowhere but <laughs> you wanna care for the lepers, <laughs> and you will end up a leper.
1: Well, do you think by being a compassionate guy you almost invite some of this stuff in to be a voice for the voiceless, you know? You gotta yeah. live it. Did so you choose yeah. this? Do you ever go, have you gone through that trip on about all this?
0: I mean I've accepted it. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: certainly that's the choice. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I could I that's could fight one.
0: it more. It's like when I when I came into this life, nobody ever told me that there wouldn't be flesh-eating parasitic <laughs> infections. <laughs> so I like I, I, I'm a very like improvisational being, you know. Like mm. my worldview is very fluid. Mm. It's malleable, like clay. And mm. so whatever new things come onto my path, I'm just going to have to adjust my worldview to include that into it. And yeah. I think a lot of people are much more rigid. So like something happens, and it's like. We'll exclude that from our worldview. Like my mind is made up, you know. <laughs> like yeah. Don't f- confuse me with the facts. Yeah. So, did I choose it? Oh, actually, I, I have an another another answer to that question. I was gonna say, did I choose it? No, but then it's like, in a way. <laughs> so this is where it gets. This is where it gets kind of trippy, and and, and uh, what would you call it? Like, uh, it's not the word is not theoretical. It's not skeptical. That is not even the word. It's called speculative. Mm. It's very speculative. Good so, word. so, how did I end up in the jungle? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, well. Welcome to the jungle, baby. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> We've got parasites. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Uh this pandemic, do you guys remember that? Happened. Kind of. I heard so about thing, it. It's like a little dark age fell over humanity. Yeah, I was Everybody in a nitrous cloud. Oh, yeah. 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 Very deep voice the whole time. Oh, yeah. Did you come oh. out of it with helium yeah. to get yourself back in balance? Yeah, that would be a good idea, balance yeah. it out. <laughs> there we are. Perfect. The sweet spot. Oh, so oh my God. Yeah, during that time, I, I was living in Los Angeles, and uh, my father lives in Florida, and he has Alzheimer's. Mm. Which is the, uh, you know, forget about it disease. Hey, mm-hmm. forget about forget it. Forget about it. <laughs> you could say that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he, um, we we usually get every three months, we get somebody from the Netherlands to come hang out with him, make sure that he drinks enough water, mm-hmm. he eats well, he takes his pills. Just kind of like, like a, uh, a companion. Who are these people? They're usually, my sisters find them, it's usually um, women from the Netherlands who basically are offered like a three month vacation in yeah. this, like, you know, they have like room and board and, but there's a one factor, <laughs> one factor. <laughs> yeah. Will they survive? <laughs> my father. Well, luckily my father is like a super gentleman and a Aww. super sweetie. And he's still like very funny and mm. like, uh, like an example of his humor. And this is like incidental humor, but it's still, it speaks to his character. When I was there before I came here to New York. So like a month ago, I took care of him for a couple weeks. And, uh, At some point, I played this audio collage I made of jungle sounds. Because it's like soothing, you know? I played it while I was making dinner. And then at some point, he says, I find these lyrics very peculiar. (laughs) (laughs) Can you understand (laughs) what he's saying? I'm like, these are frogs after a heavy (laughs) rainfall, Dad. (laughs) And another time, uh, I was like, so do you you still know who I am? He said, "Ah, of course, I know who you are. So, (laughs) who am I? He goes... Well, you're not the queen of the Netherlands. I was like, that's true, wow. but that's who I'm not. So who am I? He goes, well, I know who you are. You're the good boss of the population register. So I'm like, yeah, at least he knows who I am. You know? Wow. <laughs> it's like Damn. it's he has, and I see this in myself, obviously. He has. He's not afraid to put words together. Mm. And so if he's, he doesn't know the answer to something, or he doesn't know how to... He can't admit that he doesn't know or if in that moment it, has, it mm. eludes uh, him. I he love he these He will kind of just people. talk around it yeah. and like s- things like that. The good boss of the population... And it's in Dutch, wow. you know? I'm like translating, but it sounds just as ridiculous. S- the sounds good nice. boss Can of the Can we hear population. what it sounds like? In okay, so that conversation would be like this. En? Weet je nog wie ik ben? Ja, tuurlijk weet ik wie je bent. Je bent niet de koningin van Nederland. Dat klopt, maar dat is <laughs> wie yeah. ik niet ben. Wie ben ik wel? Ja. Jij bent de goede baas van het bewolkingsregister.
2: I could see this being a very moody film.
0: It could. I mean, I've thought of it as a film. well, yeah. Because when I... So basically back to the... <laughs> so yeah, my father yeah, lives there. Uh, and I put all my stuff in storage. And I mm. went to take care of him. Because we couldn't bring anybody in from the Netherlands at that point, And the person that was there had to go home to her family. So I took care of him for eight months. Whoa. And at some point in there, there was this moment where uh, my sister called me... I was, like, doing uh, the oil change for the car, and she called me, and she says, I think I think our dad doesn't know that you're his son. And I was like, no, oh, of course he knows. It's just probably when you're talking about me, it's, like, conceptual. It's in theory. So, But when I'm there, he definitely knows. And then I got home, and there was, like, this vibe. Like, there was something very emotional about him, and he was kind of, like, you know, like, kind mm. of tr- moving in his seat a little bit, and then he was kind of, like, circling me, and then he said, hey, Something has been brought to my attention that we are blood related. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, Yeah, you just figured that out, huh? He goes, So you knew this already? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm quite aware. He's like, So how long have you known this? I was like, <laughs> about 38 years. Oh <laughs> my God. And he goes, and who else knows this? Does does your mother know? It's like, yeah, of course my mother knows. It's like, do, do the neighbors know? Like, like, you know, wow. does this person know? Does that person know? It's like, so everybody knew except me? It's like, I look around you. There's a reason there are pictures of me all over the walls, you know? Like, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> you knew. It's just that you have Alzheimer's. And this mm. brain fart is now making it seem like you never knew. He goes, oh, so you guys waited till I had Alzheimer's to spring this revelation <laughs> Oh, <out>. my <laughs> God. Wow. So it was like, it was such a trippy thing. It was this thing of like apples i've had apples but they come from trees like i would have never i never knew that they came from trees that's uh, you know he was tripping so he's going childlike
1: almost it's It's like the childlike wonder about things
2: i mean your disposition is so important when entering a phase of alzheimer's and it sounds like very lucky for your family he's got a
0: he's got a sense of humor and he's just good natured and he's also he's like well you know um I'm happy. Like welcome to the family. That's sort of thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> but
2: imagine it if it wasn't like that. That's such a scary thing to not know things yeah. or feel like people are maybe yeah. pulling tricks on you. So it
0: really, like, so much of it. I mean, you guys know this. Mm-hmm. psychic. like people, so much of it is about energy exchanges. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, even now, like, as he's further down that road and, and he'll, like, schmooze an hour in the wind without making any sense, really, or having any grounding um, to what he's saying, you just kind of, like, you don't, one of the, quote-unquote rules is kind of like you don't try to counter speak or try to adjust them mm-hmm. it's more like a matter of letting them do their say and listening and like yes and y- yeah exactly just like positive energy changes that's what he's feeling and then it also feels again like he's seen like everybody just wants to be yeah. seen and heard yeah. and, and accepted and acknowledged so wow but yes yeah, so i did that for eight months um in his neurodegenerative memory palace <sighs> and it was like i i Before I moved to L.A., I was living in San Francisco, and I had a very socially supported ego, you know? Mm. I lived in this artist collective in an old convent with 23 people, and there was always... Like, people knew me by reputation, and so I wanted to challenge that by going to L.A. and, you know, what what remains of me without that, without the scaffolding? Yeah. Not much, apparently. (laughs) 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 I was terrified of L.A., so I moved to a place I feared to live in fear and... um, you know, you literally, like, I, I lined up and signed up to be nobody at Central Casting to be like an, an extra. Yeah. And then yeah. later I got a gig as somebody's double, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm yeah. still not somebody, but I'm somebody's double. I, mm. I kind of looked like the guy from Lethal Weapons, so I got to be his photo double for wow. that show. Oh, <laughs> my God. Um, but so now, like, being in Miami taking care of my dad, and then it was like, I'm almost, my co- transformation into nobody is almost complete. Like, mm. even my father doesn't remember me. Wow, wow. yeah. I wow. went back to, like, a pawn shop I worked in in the early 2000s, and, like, the people working there, like, they weren't even born by the time I was working yeah. there, you know? And yeah. it's like, they didn't know, and they didn't care about stories I had to tell. So I was, like, really, like, I felt like I was being erased. So it's mm. like a, a slow ego death, you know? Mm. Wow. So after eight months of, you know, going through that, I was, like, ready to go back to California and look for home. I had my car there i got in my car i drove up and down the west coast looking for home visiting homies and i couldn't find it mm. Mm. like i definitely like got reinvigorated I, I bought a new camera i got back into my love for filmmaking and did some music videos on the road and like it became as much as it was looking for home it was also like the great american location scout which i'm yeah. sure you guys are very familiar it's with because yeah. that's how you operate yeah right? you just yeah. go around and you it's constant. You know those moments when you're kind of like Pixie led to a location and oh. just like a cosmic spotlight shines on a little spot and then you're just like, "Oh, that's naturally lit right now. Like, quick, get in yeah. that spot, let's shoot it." You oh know? yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that that's kind of how I was operating. Um and then I uh, uh our our mutual friend Alexa Castle, who had heard me on Ramin Nazer, our mutual friend Ramin Nazer's podcast. That's how you know Alexa.
1: So she heard me on Ramin Reach shout out to alexa yeah sweet sexy clown girl <laughs> oh my god
0: nine lambs <laughs> yeah. it's nine lambs yeah so she she reached out to me she struck through the screen of podcast uh, uh the fourth wall of the podcast world and she was like hey you seem awesome uh, i'm gonna be in la in a few weeks you want to like meet up so i met up with her and we got along swimmingly she like gave me a uh, uh some poetry recommendations of uh, Rilke, who I always liked, but I'd never read any of his books, so she was like, Duano Elegies, read Duano Elegies. Oh, that's so uh, awesome. And then, like, you know, I really liked hanging out with her, and she was dating uh, Malcolm. I don't know if you guys ever met Malcolm.
1: Yeah. We knew him as Peter. We knew him as Peter. We really? gave him his first dose of acid. No. Really?
2: <laughs> Bleep that out.
1: Yeah, Beep. you didn't hear that. That stays with <laughs> us. Anyway. He's well, been in Nepal ever since. <laughs> that's right.
2: That's <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Yeah and I can I can I can see the <laughs> the timeline of events that's right yeah. you guys you guys have played such a role in so many we're behind the scenes small <laughs> transformation yeah you guys are very much like the <laughs> your own brand of machine elf or something uh-huh. yeah uh so yeah so I like invited her and Malcolm back to my place to have tea there because I wanted to like meet him and hang out with them some more and we kept in touch after that we just became friends and wow. then during this time where I was searching for home She put an Instagram story up, like, hey, who wants to come live for free in the jungle in a snail-shaped house to make art? Yeah. And I've got this thing with snails. Uh, I wrote a story (laughs) in 2004 (laughs) called the Eternal Snail Convention that I I just share in the oratory storytelling tradition when it's prompted. And every time I have, something magical happens. And for, like, the hundredth time, I was trying my hand at making snail illustrations for it, (laughs) which is a very slow process. So I was drawing snails when this thing came in, this invitation, and I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know about Mexico, but I should go check it out. And so in preparation, I decided um, a friend I was staying with, I wanted to do some mushrooms on the full moon to kind of like get myself ready for the trip, you know, get my feelers out. Um, But my set and setting was way off, first of all. The day I arrived, I thought I had another day to prepare, and it's like, nope, this is the full moon. Let's do it tonight. (sighs) And then I, like, ate a big meal. I was just, like, doing all – I was not preparing myself Mm, properly. And what happened was, in my mind's eye that night, I was visited by this one thing that was, like, almost like a – you remember those pogs, those little, like, little circular emblems? Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was something like that with this, like, lion head on it that was, like, moving towards me, like – but at the same time in the sidelines there was something else moving around. So it felt like this was like a deflection that was happening. And there was something else and I'm actually my interpretation of this now is kind of trippy, I'll tell you <laughs> in a second. Uh, what I saw in the sidelines was this little drone. And the word drone is like threefold. It's like it's a drone as in like a surveillance drone. It's a drone as in that it was like a like a an insect, like a bee or something like that. And also like a drone, like a mm you know so it was this pulsing surveillance insect spirit which i've encountered in like ayahuasca experiences yeah. before and it always gives this feeling of like your defenses are being penetrated it is seeing right through you it mm-hmm. has like even its head it had many eyes and it had this almost like crystal ball for a brain that was just like <sighs> like it was like looking right through me it's seeing ev- all my vulnerabilities reflecting them back at me and as i saw it it basically like (laughs) like slinked away like a burglar that's just been caught Mm. and it terrified me man i was just like (sighs) i didn't feel safe i'm like i'm going to mexico like what am i going to be predated upon am i going to be robbed am i like what 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 is waiting for me out there because i'm really into this school of thought that's uh about retrocausation and precognition the idea Mm. that the future influences the present, or influences the past, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm always finding different techniques through which to capture these kind of prophetic dimensions. And in this case, I was literally divining for what's up ahead, and what I got terrified me.
2: Yeah, oh. yeah. I'm too so stubborn to listen most of the time.
1: Well, well that's it's, it's a lot of time. It is terrifying.
0: Yeah, and the thing, because I- it's also, bec- yes, it's just beyond this event horizon of transformation you know of like going to s- into the unknown and what will become of you so even whatever it is it's going to be terrifying but yeah and what you're saying like you're too stubborn to listen the idea with precognitive intel is that i mean listening is one thing but it's not like you can do anything about it because
2: yeah because you it you got that big reaction because it's going to be a big experience yeah <laughs> and it's it's not like some <laughs> people, some people
0: have this kind of like multiverse interpretation where they're like Oh, well, you see it so you can avoid it. But it's like it doesn't work like that. You see it because yep. it's a, it's a time loop that you have to close mm-hmm. through yeah. the happening of it. Oh, my God. And this one, it ended up being like a threefold um, fear bubble that, like, came into fruition. It's like I needed to confront these things. Wow. The first tier of it was when I arrived in Mexico. So, I actually, I had, like, a week after that that I could prepare and, like, get my energy straight so the first thing i did is i designed this like super colorful outfit that's kind of like the style of the alebrijes of mexico which are these colorful hybridized creatures with psychedelic patterns so i like made this outfit that i, I designed and then it was kind of the idea with this like thought helmet with this like you know second sight visor or something and the joke was like you know dress like the locals to fit in with the locals <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. so that i won't stand out this thing obviously is like it's like a circus tent you know that you wear <laughs> so w- when i got to mexico uh i i you know i got off the plane i got on the bus i got to tulum and alexa met up with me there to pick me up and take me to the snail house when i got there just the air was charged with this like cultural magic this tangible yeah. magic and i was like what is this warm, welcoming embrace? Like there is something really feels really good about this that I wasn't expecting to feel this way. And then when she took me to the house, like first of all, this house is this piece of surreal architecture. And at night the door was open, the lights were on inside. I could see some like phantoms weaving past of the people inside, including um, the guy she was dating at the time, this artist named Josue Ricardo or Richie, Mm. who is still a good friend of mine. He was just in New York too. Amazing artist and just like magic minded, like minded individual. And it turns out, I told him about that outfit. You know, I was like, Yeah, I'm making this like Alebrije outfit. And he's like, Bro, I make Alebrijes. What? Mm. And he's like, And I've been working on this idea of Alebrijear, which is like Alebrije is a verb, like what well, Alebrije clothing and things like that. So it was like, Okay. Whoa. I realized I had arrived in a place that felt like home, like with kindred spirits and things like that. And I laughed in that moment because I was like, oh, the drone. It was me sending a message back to myself to let myself know know that I was safe, that I made it. It's like, hey, you're in a different place. You don't know nothing about this yet, but it's safe. And in my mind's eye, this is like this terrible angel. Be not afraid. (laughs) All (laughs) is well. And I'm like, get the fuck away from (laughs) (laughs) here. But then also, I mean, the obvious because it had like three arcs like another arc was that we got robbed at some point like the house got broken into a bunch of things got stolen i tracked them down then wesley bribed some cops we set up a sting operation we brought them to justice wow which i've told the whole story in detail on uh on ramin's podcast so if anybody wants check to like, that out. Yeah, like check that dive out. into
1: that um rainbow brain, rainbow brain skull rainbow brain skull yeah
0: but so like that idea of like being robbed that was also like worked into that already but, like, we caught them. We brought them down. Damn. Turns out they had, like, a missing passport, a bunch of guns. It's like we brought down some, damn, um, some hitters, you know? Wow. But so, again, it was this triumph of, like, I stepped into the fear. I overcame it. But now that I'm looking back at it, too, like, obviously, also the insect, the thing of it is also, like, the Mosca Clara, you know? was, like... Mm worked into that and just now I realized that like the lion on the, on the pog coming at me that, that could have been little EO you know. Oh, oh. that's what I
1: was just going to say it's like
0: the cat is like distracting and in the meantime this little thing is coming in to, yeah. to get me so it was like did I have a did I did I ask for it was it my choice in some way I guess yeah. this is like me communicating through time which is ultimately the, the it's you orienting yourself through time to get you to safety so i trust that there's a conclusion to this whole epoch which ends in me being healthy and healed with this information to share and new experiences and also like having kind of struck through the mask of my fears you know mm. which right now i'm very uh, much about like fearful fates and fateful fears you know <laughs> like this, this idea of like allying with fear yeah which also like I'm sorry, I'm like ranting a lot. No, now. but that's yeah, a good that's title
2: a too, Fearful Fates <laughs> and Fateful Fears. We're through chapters
0: for this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, like my earliest explorations in art when I think back at it is um, it feels like a, it's a very surreal memory, but I used to as a child in the dark at night, I would be visited by wolves and bats. Like There would be like, we still good? Yeah, yeah Cass is just going to. Uh-oh. Now, Chapter 2.
2: Honestly, it's been so great. I just had this moment where I'm like, fearful fates. I just need She's to make a sure we're high. still recording. She's Chapter really 2. <laughs> fearful fates and <laughs> fateful
0: fears. So when I was a child, I would have wolves and bats that came to me like these hallucinatory comets streaking through the dark and then like dissolving upon impact, you know? Wolves, bats, fangs, you know? like The wolves were kind of like the wolf man in a way, like the mm. Lon Chaney, the little teeth poking out, hairy face striking white eyes and then these bats also with like fangs just like terrifying childhood terrors Damn. and i told my mother about this and she saw some children's book and she came up with this idea she's like why don't you draw them and looking back at it like this is my art it's like dream catching it's like um, mm. uh, ghost busting that kind of thing you know
1: we're here we're surrounded by your art it's, it's all over this place so it's o- so over, beautiful. Our he- so over our heads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, It's too far away to see closely because they're little portals. You have to get up close uh, yeah. and, and, and um, activate your inner microscopic kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she came up with this idea to draw my fears. So I drew these very crude little wolves and bats with fangs, and then we tied them to balloons, and we were going to release them like a very That's witchy a really shamanic g- I like idea this, yeah. yeah but like we didn't have helium balloons so mm. they just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> fell to the <laughs> ground and then a gust of wind would drag them across the gravel <laughs> and then we hid behind a little wall as these two teenage girls arrived on bicycles and got off their bicycles and inspected these balloons and these drawings. And then my mother turned to me and was like, see, now they're going to get them. And I don't understand (laughs) the morality, (laughs) so I'm like, hey, no wolves, no bats for me tonight. Sounds great. (laughs) Just pass it on. That
2: sounds like some Netherlands shit or something. It (laughs) really is, because there's this,
0: I always say there's this Dutch um, nursery rhyme for uh, the hiccups that goes like this. And sing along if you know this one, folks. (laughs) Join in. Hicke sprikke sprauw, ik geef de hic aan jou. Ik geef de hick aan anderman, die de hick verdragen kan. Which the first part is jabberwock for hiccups. Hickes, And then it rhymes and it goes, I give the hiccups to you. I give the hiccups to someone else whom can endure the hiccups. So it's like, I can't handle it. Oh, wolves and bats in the dark. I put them on balloons. Oh I give oh them yeah. to somebody else <laughs> who can endure them. Oh my God. But here's the twist. Some friends of my sister arrived at our door later that evening, and they brought gifts for her little brother. They brought balloons with wolves and bats stuck to them. <laughs> so that's like the idea of it like my back. allied ally my fears. Like these are your shadows. Like yeah. sew them to your feet, Peter Pan mm. from mm. the Netherlands, <laughs> the nether mm. Netherlands. So um, wow. so that's been like uh, a big theme for me, especially in the last year. Is just like stepping into fears and overcoming them and allying them. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just talking before this how, like, we're the same age. I feel like this is just the first age I'm getting to in my 40s now where I'm like, I can do that. I have enough data points. I can look how things have worked out in the past and what avoiding stuff has done for me or not done for me. And Fuck it. I'm here for the adventure now. I
2: I like your style because I feel like you're an in and through kind of person, you know, and I think we can relate to that. Yeah. And the precognition thing, I really appreciate you putting that into words because the idea is like it. You do feel because uh, so many times I felt something coming on and I don't do anything to avoid it, but it also feels like I can't do anything to avoid it. And the thing, then I try to think exactly what you're saying. If I had even had the capacity to do the thing to avoid it, I wouldn't have felt as big of an energy yeah. about it in the yeah, first yeah. place.
1: Yeah, what would you change? You know, I think about that like all like the even
0: time. Like even even that, like a change or a choice. There's this this hubris around it like we know something. Yeah. Yeah. Like we know more about how things are to unfold that Mm -hmm. we can avoid. Like, okay, so let's say I avoided uh, having my shit stolen, which Mm. it got stolen a second time, which humbled me from the whole, like, uh, see, I'm victorious. You know, and then it was like, okay, I just got to take an L sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, like uh, if I had avoided that, if I had avoided if I had been so afraid of this thing that I canceled my trip to Mexico, like I wouldn't be here sitting with you guys right now. Like I wouldn't have this art show up right now. I wouldn't have so many wonderful, yeah, so many friends, so many wonderful experiences.
2: There's a lot to appreciate in the darkest times and a lot to, yeah, having that perspective because it's here, you might as well appreciate it. There's,
0: you know, the Werner Herzog, speaking of documentary filmmakers, he has a quote that I often bring about, which is, uh, The poet must not avert his gaze. Mm. Yes. He must look at the beautiful as well as the ugly. Yeah. And I'm very much of that school where, you know, I saw you wincing earlier with the Cronenbergian stuff. Yeah, But it's like, I mean, to wince, that's fine. Like, that's going to happen. It's just like, (sighs) (sighs) ah, all right. Yeah. But but we still got to accept that there are these realities for ourselves and for others. And and Yeah. And yeah, like you said, in and through.
2: Well, there's no... Like, the border between Mexico and the States is an imaginary border. I mean, these yeah. flies are coming for <laughs> all of us, you yeah, know? Yeah, and it the
0: border between, you know, uh, where my body ends and the ecosystem takes over has been mm-hmm. very clearly <laughs> mm. <laughs> clearly uh, penetrated.
2: Do you have any thoughts on what happened? Because you just are covered in clay. And <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on uh, Burning Man? I know it's you probably... That's
0: yeah, f- I mean... I w- I went 7 years in a row and I haven't been in 10 years and haven't felt called to like I after those 7 years when all of s- San Francisco drained out to the playa cuz yeah. you know San Francisco is kind of like the center of the decentralized circus yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody like left town so I took that time to like write a piece it's called um, this little spine of mine and other tales from the final destination mm. which are like my 7 years of burning man congealed, distilled into this, like, potion of of vignettes. And writing that, I was like, I like writing and thinking about Burning Man more than I actually liked being there.
1: I'm glad you're saying that.
0: Like, there's something about having our experiences and then being able to distill them and take the best of it out of that. Mm Mm-hmm. I also was not one of those people that was like came to Burning Man and was like my eyes were open like wow life as art
1: yeah (laughs) yeah what what an idea (laughs) you're like I'm living this shit I was living it and this
0: was just like an extension of it Mm -hmm. but I had I had also lost some I had done two big murals two years in a row and each of them were painted over by the people I had commissioned them for due to like miscommunications or all kinds of petty little what the hell? Little interpersonal plays. And so I was also meditating on this idea of, like, the sand mandala or creating something impermanent. So Burning Man did offer, like, a balm in mm. that sense of, like, here we build a city that will be destroyed at the end of the week. Everything here is ephemeral. So there yeah. was that appeal to it. But, I mean, as far as what's happening now, I'm guessing you're asking ecologically, right? Like well, as yeah, because I feel like the way you're that?
2: having this, th- I feel like that's what I saw. So- when I saw this all happen, you know, the rains and how it affected you know, this decentralized, de- whatever. I don't <laughs> have the words that you have for everything, but just kind of being like, oh, is this the wake-up call? And will this wake-up call yeah. be received and channeled?
0: I, I, What I'm seeing just peripherally is that there are a lot of people that I think that are there that are like stepping up to the challenge and they're like, this has been the most rewarding burn ever. I can't wait for next year. Like mm. we're so prepared. We're so self-reliant and radical. And then there's the other school of thought, which is like, yeah, maybe just, like, do we? N- maybe we don't need to do this anymore. Like, maybe instead yeah. we can take all those resources and do, like, uh, Habitats for Humanity builds. Yeah, like yeah. My friend uh, Nathan. Do you guys know Nathanology? Nathan no. before Oglesby? I'll have to Sounds connect you familiar, guys. He's, yeah. yeah, please. He's, he's good friends with, um, with Alexa and Wes and that okay. whole House of Yes kind of crew. He's this um, professor of classics who is a uh, rap-educating philosopher. Just like, this brilliant dude. He just put up this little video where he's talking about... Kind of like, you know, instead of maybe building this temple this year, we could take that money and those resources to build houses for habitats for humanity or something. But then he also like beautifully balances it with this idea of like, yeah, but... We'll
1: take Molly while we're
0: doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 we still can feel good. <laughs> it will be a celebration. But, <laughs> but then, of course, there's like the idea of, um, you know, but the, the temple. That's obviously, it's art. It's not just like a functional structure. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's. I think it's a conversation that just needs to be had at this point of like... Are we putting our, what are we putting our resources towards? Like, I think the reality, just like for me, the reality of the parasitic realities, just like that, like the reality of climate change and and taking things more seriously, Mm. it can still be a party or a celebration. It's just like, absolutely less, um, maybe less, I don't know. I don't even know how to say less contained or more contained or less scattered more
1: united i um. agree i mean i think that's when you start winning people like us over it's like if it's a party we're down to do it like <laughs> yeah. like it's the self-seriousness and the preachy and all yeah. that stuff that i'm like i just don't like the music people. honestly yeah, yeah, i wish yeah. we liked that music a little bit you though. guys
0: have been then i imagine no. No.
1: no
2: i'm just saying anytime i see videos coming out of it i'm like i would kill myself we were, just we even were just this auditory mean. experience it's,
1: yeah it's it's you too can't much.
0: get away from it even if you're in the deep playa there's still a lo- <laughs>
1: Yeah, Mm-mm. it's not
0: to me <laughs> in the distance, you know?
2: I want to see punk- punkers with saws, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold
0: on, that's a good time for the flute. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Come on.
0: You're listening to Very Ape with Sean and Cass <laughs> with the ungooglable Michelangelo.
1: Church of Chill. <laughs> yeah. If if there was no amplified music there and just that was yeah. allowed, like, hey, you can well get your vibes. That's would there. That's what I, that's what
0: I felt <laughs> a lot of times. Like, I want to hear, like...
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This little th- plane.
0: It doesn't <laughs> stand a chance against these big sounds. And I feel the same way in, like, ayahuasca ceremonial settings. There's... Yeah. There are sounds that play on the silence like a harp, a human voice. Mm. Things like this, it's like it just accentuates the silence whereas like drums will scare it away. Yes. Somebody rocking on a guitar will just scare the silence away, but yeah. something like Oh yeah. gives you a texture to like think and feel on. And similarly, I feel that way about I mean, you can say silence can be replaced with mystery mm. like we're not trying to solve the mystery we're trying to serve the mystery mm. you yes. want to just like find different ways that accentuate it like you don't want some theory like a precognition theory it's not trying to like explain anything away if anything it adds another layer of mystery it's like hey here's a way to orient yourself through time retroactively mm. yeah mm. You just have to like re again reframe your whole world view to accommodate that but
1: we do it all the time in the way of like uh you know Hey let's send some love back to like the confused teenage version that's of myself it, that like that's it like like I don't know why I decided like at 16 years old like I'm gonna be a filmmaker and like that's it I had no connections my family has no money we, I could barely go to college and I was like I'm gonna be a filmmaker I'm gonna be a filmmaker and all I can think is that was me now sending back a message to that dude like just stick with it and I never questioned it yeah. and it's just it's so weird because it's such a hard thing to do and I hear people's like, oh, I wish I could do that. I want to do that. And I'm like, how, why me? You know? And I think it's, it's playing with that stuff. So I'm always sending like strength back to that, that little fucker and creativity and inspiration and all that. And then we try to send messages out to our future self. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I think, I think that's very much it. And it seems like this weird paradox, but, um. The guy who, for me is kind of like the leading thinker in the realms of precognition is this guy Eric Wargo, who mm. I've had on my show as well mm. and he speaks of uh, a a self consistent universe, so it's exactly that like why did you decide to become a filmmaker it's because you became a filmmaker yeah and that mm. that held itself accountable yeah r- in a retrograde fashion mm. to make that happen to like past and future like shook hands in the present where this was you know this this arrangement was uh, and it was the
1: only thing that made me feel at home in this universe like with as a teenage boy with a drug addicted father and just insane fucking insanity just my sister having seizures just pure insanity like that was like the one concept that like held me together and yeah.
0: Did you, you do know. documentaries about that on the slide? Did no. You f- not yet. I, Film not the seizures. yet.
1: Not yet, but I'm thinking about doing it because yeah. it is such a unique, trippy, wild thing to bear witness to. And I do think my sister Caitlin, who's turning 36, and, like, really just – she never leaves the house. Like, we – she She's can barely sweet, do anything. very sweet,
2: though, and kind of like what you were saying with your dad. Like Same thing. The sa- like, the other <laughs> – like, I went to pl- – we've played tic-tac-toe sometimes. Yeah. And – we were out to lunch, and I got to play tic-tac-toe, and I handed it over to her to, like, put make a mark, and she just played herself tic-tac-toe. And I was like, oh, you were.
1: And she was like, yeah, you know.
2: I, want, I tried. I tried. <laughs> and, I w- and,
1: like, she's so funny and tapped in and, like, doesn't operate like anyone else, but, like, has so much. To offer, If you yeah. can, but you really, really, really have to slow down and meet her on her level. And that's like, it. like you were saying with your dad and really it applies anywhere. And Caitlin, uh, my sister has allowed me to tune my aura to this is like, she only responds to the energy. Like that's mm-hmm. it. She doesn't care what we're saying. She doesn't understand what we're saying. She responds to our energy. So I always try to, with everyone, meet them with that. Cause I, I think everyone's doing it on some way. But when you're with someone with Alzheimer's or who's very old or who has a disability or is autistic or something, you, you really have to show up in a certain way and you can right. get a, a good reflection back. And uh, Yeah, it's helped me, I think. because I, th- I think it just helps me navigate because a lot of times with our documentary subjects, we're meeting them and we're filming them and it's happening right then and there and I want to pull the best out of them. So I literally just have to show up as an open best version of myself and that's what gets reflected back and
0: mm-hmm. that's beautiful because you become as a filmmaker you become the container that holds
1: yeah their energy and like yeah
0: yeah and again there's also like a precognitive ghost-busting quality to that you know because these yeah. people have something they want to share that they're keeping inside that they're waiting for like the yeah. right the right kind of silly putty to like extract that from them yeah or the right kind of clay to pull yes. it <laughs> yeah that's what <laughs> we are we're the clay and it the just clay.
1: pulls it out clay by when, the church of Korea.
2: when you were like oh these magic moments happen where you end up in a beam of light i felt that coming here like you invited us to this uh show you were doing and when i came here i was like whoa like thank god we came because yeah. this is like there's a oh, beam we spent of the light rest on. of
1: that night just being like thank god we did that and i yes. feel like if we still lived in the city we, we got wouldn't a lot have done of it.
2: numbers for people that were yeah. gonna like have i mean dj preschool right there uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. and
1: uh, yeah we got so many phone numbers like wh- i was like we made friends with everyone in there yeah. and uh, like
0: so uh, where where we are right now again for, yeah. The, yeah, for the people back at home so this is the athenaeum which is the physical space for the psychedelic assembly um the athenaeum is a is the world's first i have to do this in the mccanna voice because yeah. yeah. they basically commissioned me to do their uh, promo video to write and narrate it <laughs> as mccanna so this is the Athenaeum, <laughs> the world's first psychedelic library, social club, and event space in the heart of midtown Manhattan. And it's, uh, it's Female Run. Female Run, is that how you say it? It's run by females? female? Female yeah. female Run woman sounds like... W- woman Run. Woman Run. It's room, I don't Woman I don't Run. Know. <laughs> yes. Woman Run. X-Chromosome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> woman Run from man running after woman. <laughs> Man with club, join social club. <laughs> Woman with social club. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So this is this is a really magical, beautiful social space with lots of, you know. Right now, it's got my art on display yeah, for beautiful. like the next for the rest of the month, and then this used to be kind of like uh, a little Alice in Wonderland museum. So Mike, it pretty much still is. <laughs> yeah, it still. Is, but he has a lot more. Uh, oh, Alice yeah. paraphernalia hidden away like that whole bookcase right there is full of translations of Alice in Wonderland in different languages wow um, but yeah, so this woman Kat and her friend Susie started this together Susie is right now on the road with Shane Moss who you probably yeah. have mm-hmm. met or know yeah uh, and so Kat is just running this space or it's kind of running itself too in a lot of ways she's she's pulling all the strings behind the yeah. the wiring behind the board and Uh, Yeah, it's been, for this last month in New York, just like such a beautiful place to Mm. call a home away from home and Mm -hmm. and met so many wonderful people and been able to call in wonderful people like yourselves to try and continue, you know, connecting those dots and create this hub for synchronistic interactions because well, that's what it becomes in f- a way awesome. yeah
2: it reminded me of the power of being like rich in relationship you know yeah. like we w- we've been saying lately that we're rich in ideas you know yeah. like we might not have a lot of money but we're rich in ideas and then it was I felt like leaving I was like oh and remembering the value of being rich in relationship you know people who f- fulfill your soul and spirit and Mm -hmm. quest for wonder and
1: just also like coming to a place where every person is the others it's like you know we're always like let's got we got to go find the others and you come to a place like this and you're like wow it's low-key it's not burning man it's not loud it's not intense it's not attention seeking it's just like everyone that's chilling here is on the same vibration as you so we were just felt free to walk up to anyone and be like hey we're sean and Cass. It's, it's, it's also awesome. the
0: fact that it's a library already kind of primes that idea. Of yeah. Like, mm-hmm. sh- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't wake up the ideas. Yes. <laughs> and then there's also this, the kind of like um, neurodivergent angle where they, they wanted to create this space where it's friendly for people uh, who are on the spectrum, for instance, mm-hmm. where it's like, first of all, there's less of a separation between like the performer and the audience so that it's yeah. like everybody is more approachable and, and that it isn't overwhelming and overstimulating but that it's really like a place for connection yeah for community yeah and and the the relationship richness i can very much relate to that and that's its own ecosystem where where different relations fuel and feed and and Mm. and fire each other up you know like neurons shooting from one to the other Mm -hmm. Uh, i have this italian magician friend ferdinando buscema who lives in italy an italian in italy (laughs) 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 unbelievable and uh he, uh, he knew that I was in New York, and he hit me up, and he goes, there's this, uh, like, the world's greatest magician at this time, like, the greatest magic show at this time is happening in Manhattan. Like, they built this little set for it, and it's, it's it was supposed to be there for a month, and it's got extended. And he's like, I'm thinking of taking a trip out there to see it, but just in case I don't make it, I want to make sure that you get to go and see it. So I got you a ticket. Oh, so he got me this, like, basically the setup is this round table at the center, and then there's like this like audience built around it. He got me a ticket at the round table right across from the mentalist. Wow. And it was just an like, amazing experience. So like, wow. like I also I'm not Yeah, it's I'm about not very this. rich but I've got like amazing friends and, and patrons and, and people looking out for me that like want me to go have amazing experiences so that I can tell them about it, you know? See, I mean... I'm so grateful for that, for those kinds of...
1: Me too. It's so weird too because, like, we used to be rich in money from our commercials and stuff and the pandemic just fucked up our whole life. Mm -hmm. And so there was this floaty period where we were using a lot of ketamine and nitrous to just check out and not think about how we're not self-sustaining. But little did we know that this whole time we were building up a community and that we could rely on them. And I'm not even talking about financially, like, literally, like... These are our friends. So, like, a lot of people are like, whoa, you guys don't have a retirement. You're not planning this and that. I'm like, could you go anywhere in the world and get put up by people? Could you, you know, yeah. rely on your backlog of art to, you know, use, have goodwill with people wherever you go? Like, that's what I feel like we're doing. And I feel it's like now we have people cheering us on, like, go have those experiences. Get yes. out there. Do it. Tell us about it. You know, if we can't do it, I want to hear about it.
2: I was the mentalist?
0: He was amazing. Like, there's so many things in there. Where I had no idea how he did what he did, Uh, you know. There's some of it. He's like, he's obviously in control of the room, in control of the deck. There's also things where he's pulling information out, where you're like, how are they Mm. doing this? So in the end, walking out of it, like knowing that there is an explanation for all of it. Like there's obviously like a science and a method to what he's doing. But what I walk away from is just like how the blind spots in the mind how easily we are deceived and are deflected away from something that's going on like how these guys could have been like the world's greatest pickpockets but decided yeah. to turn it thank goodness into like yeah a, also for them much more lucrative <laughs> <sort of> <laughs> <laughs> endeavor yeah uh but yeah just like walking it was by washington square park so as soon as i walked out and walked through that park i just had that like kind of like wide screen vision of like looking at everything and how how everybody's working and trying to pick out like the the different ways that um yeah just the blind spots in our perception yeah, yeah that we can
2: be hypnotized and that they can that people can get us to think a certain thing yes. or feel a certain thing or know a certain thing about us based on how we respond we went to a magician who there's a woman in front of us he was like uh you're wearing white underwear and you have tupperware in your bag and it was just like She did, you know, it was both of those things. It was
1: crazy because she was, like, in front of us online. It was like, she couldn't be a plant. Like, how? Like, we couldn't wrap our head around. Like Even the woman who was sitting right in front of us, she was like, what the fuck? She was like, yeah, I have Tupperware in my bag. And she was wearing white underwear. It was bizarre. So this is what's interesting, too. (laughs) This
0: is, again, like on the precognition train. So this person couldn't have known that you had white underwear in Tupperware. But because after she said it, you showed it and confirmed it it closed that time loop which made it so that she knew because you were going to show her wow so like (laughs) i i did this other gig so i've i put on this art show and i did this presentation where i was talking about the ideas and adventures behind the art which is a lot of this kind of Mm -hmm. uh thought stream and the artwork itself is um i use the technique called pareidolia which is like when you see the faces in the clouds it's the tendency for of perception to find meaningful patterns in random stimuli Mm. so like i'll start with a chaotic priming or just some watercolor or it could be a stain on the street and then i'll pull the forms i see from that which is also in in effect a kind of like you know all all creation is prophetic in that sense yeah even now like words are coming out i don't know exactly how they're going to assemble i'm just going to trust they're going to find their train the train of thought is going to create a track ahead of itself so from all these fascinations and thoughts and and um, activities and practices, I've kind of pulled together this worldview that I'm like trying to insert in different ways. So the city itself becomes an oracle, like the city thinks along. Like I'm mm. working on w- working out a thought, and then there's various things around me when I st- put my attention to them and describe them that correspond to that. You know, I can steal thoughts from the city in order to like wow. write my story. And so I got this gig at House of Yes where there was a Curiouser and Curiouser Alice in Wonderland-themed mm-hmm. party, which is fitting because I'm like, also, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm going like <laughs> all these no, branching good. off, but it all comes together. The fact that this place, the Athenaeum, is at, and I'm not a numbers person, but this one is just too fun, is at two 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 forty sixth Street. And then the after party for my show was at my friend's place, which is in the Chelsea Hotel in the storied room where uh, Janis Joplin blew Leonard Cohen. Oh, be. yeah. Se- second most notorious blowjob in history. Yeah. <laughs> the first being Bill Clinton, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, that's at 222 two 23rd Street. So there was already this like 222, two, two, and then you break 46 in half, you get 23rd. So that was interesting to me. Mm. Um, and this somehow plays into whatever I was talking about. <laughs> um, you so were talking I'm about House of Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so I did... Oh, yeah, so the curiouser and curiouser here, I'm at this Alice in Wonderland place, and there's this Alice in Wonderland party, and they wanted me to do like tea service. So, of course, Mad Hatter, right? And I'm already walking around with this mad Colombian Mm -hmm. hat, which (laughs) is also a flag for any Colombian in the city to reach out and start talking to me. And I've met, like, so many wonderful (laughs) Colombian families. (laughs) My my brother-in-law is Colombian, so my sister gave me the hat to shield my lesions from the sun. And then it's become another kind of, like, beacon for synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyway, Mad Hatter, I'm already a Mad Hatter tea party, I'm like, well, I'm just going to do tea leaf readings. Because that's, again, pareidolia. It's just Mm. like I look into the cup, whatever I see, I will speak. And then whatever I speak, maybe the person sitting there has some connection to that. Mm. We have a conversation around that. Then I'm going to mine the colors of the conversation. I'm going to do an archetype writer poem. I'm going to type it (laughs) out. And that's going to be my blessing, my spell that I give to them. And this was like really well-received. People were very generous. It's like a really beautiful gig that I want to expand. I yeah. want to like, find more places to do this at. This is like a vehicle for me. you know. Mm. But some of these were so uncanny. And again, it's like I've created basically precogs in a teacup. I've created <laughs> a space at the table for synchronicity to happen and for time loops to close. Mm. And most of the times when people come to see like an oracle or a medium or a psychic, I'm using air quotes here because I'm more orac- on the oracle side of things, they're in a space of transience, you know. We're mm. always in a space of transience, right. but a lot of times it's people—they're moving, they're traveling, they're—you know—trying to figure out their relationship, whatever it is. And that uh, opens up this trickster territory where these things, like through my confidence—that's what a con artist yeah. is, right? A confidence artist. Through my confidence and my artistry, I'm able to just like speak what I see, and sometimes it's like weird. So my favorite one was this couple. Uh, well, two people, and I said, You guys want to do a reading together? Or are you a couple? And they're like, Look at each other. They're like, Are we? We're kind of trying <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> oh, so I'm like, All right, we'll have to see. Let's try to take a look at it. And I look in the cup, and the leaves arrange themselves and look kind of like a wily Coyote or Roadrunner or something like that. I'm like, All right, let's give it a try. So, um, you guys have any kind of connection like Wiley Coyote Roadrunner of like Warner Brothers cartoons? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of putting it out there in a way of like, you know, I'm not expecting a lot to come out of this. Yeah. And they look at each other. They're like, yeah, so earlier today we had a long conversation about Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner in regards to our relationship dynamic. I'm like, let's start there. You know? Wow. So oh. like, That's crazy. They were like, people were lining up and one after the other was like that. That was my favorite one because it was so specific and so random and yet so tied in. So, how. Why did that, like this is the thing, people are, when they talk about pareidolia, faces in the clouds, it's usually thought of very inane and playful, and there's not Mm a lot, you know, valid in there for people. But the way I see it, it's again, it's a dream catcher. It's prompting something precognitive. Like in the randomness, I'm seeing something from up ahead. Mm. How could I have known? Yeah. Because they told me Mm. afterwards. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I love that, that loop and turning that into an offering for people so i ended up Mm. through that conversation catching a glimpse of this pattern seeing the potential in there also like her name was air and the whole thing like the first thing i said it's like it's funny because wiley coyote it's all about belief right like he's so confident he's walking on air yeah until he doubts himself and looks down and that's when yeah plummets. So there are so many li- different ways to look at the symbolism and the signs. And then I wove that into a poem, and they were super happy with that. Wow.
2: They need a tattoo. Yeah. Maybe. They just yeah. Really need to Get the typewriter, <laughs> typewriter poem <laughs> tattooed,
0: <laughs> chiseled into their skin. That's
1: so awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, w- if I had
0: my setup here, I would love to do one for you guys. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. But we we want to film
1: with you for this other thing. So let's let's do that when I come yeah, back. Let's that'd be so perfect. Yeah, let's yeah. do
0: a session of that. That'd be so yeah. cool because that is wild magic, isn't it? It, it totally. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's kind of blowing my mind uh, because it will also even like what you're doing is kind of like walking on air it's like it's not something it's true. you can think it's about true. too much like yeah. it might have if you thought about it you would have been like why am I going to bring up Wiley e. Coyote right now that's it's it. probably something uh, more flattering like, like,
0: like I, I do second guess myself sometimes for a while there every cup I looked into like one of them was like this jutting like cliffside with this little stringy little palm tree coming off of it so I said it and that person was like yeah you know I am from an island in Costa Rica so it's kind of like that palm trees and things like that so I was like oh great And then the next few cups, like, kept looking like similar things. It's like, oh, of course they're tea leaves. Of (laughs) course they're going to look like palm trees and things like that. But the next few people were her sisters. (laughs) 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 So, like, the second one I figured that out and I was like, okay, well, we're going to get a lot of this kind of stuff. So then I tried to look for other things, too. And sometimes I wouldn't even see something or I'd see, like, abstract. Like, even if you look at my art, it's not always Englishable you mm. see like abstract shapes mm-hmm. but yeah. then i try to look through that and like what comes up from what is my association it's like vacation it's like when's the last time you had a vacation and then people tell me about a vacation they went on together or something and like an impression of like the sound of the frogs outside the window or, or this or that and then i just weave that as if i'm in there i weave that into mm. some kind of offering that i can give them it's like now your memory that has just come out of nowhere like it's not like this was on your mind but this memory has been conjured up has been kind of juiced for some kind of significance that you get to now carry yeah. with you. So it's like, I think it's a really beautiful service. <laughs> and yeah, it's so aligned with everything else that I've been doing.
2: I mean, at the very least, to listen and receive and reflect back is such a gift. True.
1: Know. And it's less charged, I think, than like an astrological reading or a tarot right, reading right. where you're like, "Whoa, this person knows some other stuff. Yeah. Like, what are we even messing with here? It just, it, it, I don't know. It feels like... A, just a
0: weird guy with a bio port on my face <laughs> sitting in a club <laughs> reading tea leaves.
1: Like, why not trust this guy? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, it makes me think like just in an approach to life in a very zoomed out way, that's more the way to do it. And when you get caught up too much in all that stuff and overthinking and second guessing like god knows what path you're setting yourself on and mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know what i try to do and especially lately going broke and fucking feeling like things are falling apart is just like really kind of just trusting in a bigger narrative that i had for my life and it might take very strange turns to yeah. get there but i th- it it seems to be unfolding so i try not to question it too much that's why like we're dating this girl that is a deep astrological head like way into that stuff and i felt like at certain points it was like kind of blocking us from like forward momentum and like kind of more like whatever will be will be and type of energy and it was more like no this is why this is happening it was just like too precise in explaining every little fucking detail and it started to bother me a little bit i don't know
2: well there's no way that even how much knowledge you have about something your ego corrupts your reality tunnel so if anyone knows better and that's where it's like there's not a lot of it's very loose and openness and you're yeah. like and it's open for interpretation yeah.
1: too exactly. it's a, it and it ends with a poem which can be interpreted exactly any yeah way.
0: which is another kind of ink blot it's just like yeah. a stylized ink blot like yeah I've, I've coalesced the ink into little letters but it is that and that's the thing I, i'm interested in is to so like pareidolia is what i described right meaningful patterns and random stimuli but if you then because this is also how the, how the mind works and how we view the world and like conspiracy theories, just connecting the dots between things that are not connected. There are no constellations in the sky, folks. That's yeah, like yeah. culturally sanctioned pareidolia. Yeah. <laughs> but what happens when you think that those things are, that your perceptions are kind of set in stone or written in the stars, then we're dealing with pareidolatry. It's like uh-huh. a form of idolatry where you can no longer see the inkblot, only your interpretation. And then it's like bats. Bats, wolves, you know. Yeah, right. the vaginas.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is the perfect word to describe what I'm talking, and I've been struggling with it for months to like put words to even that. And there's a word for it. Yeah. I, I, might I, have just m- made I made it up. It up. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what's yeah. the word again? Paradolatry. Paradolatry. Yeah. So paradolia
0: yeah. is it's made of two words. It's made of para and edelon. Edelon is the same as like idol. It's like image, and para mm. is like beside. So beside image, mm. and then paradolatry is like when you become it becomes an idol, mm-hmm. which is yeah like one of the ways that I framed it in my presentation, too, is that because pareidolia is considered so inane, what it's overlooking is the profound truth that the faces in the clouds aren't just you plotting faces in the clouds. It means that the clouds are an external stimuli that's taken in through your senses, processed in your brain with all your battering and is then projected outwards, including your internal processes and perceived as out there, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so that changes the way that you look at the world realizing like if you're looking at a stain on the sidewalk and you see a face in there and you can actually outline that and make a mark you realize like the whole inside outside thing is a sleight of hand that's happening Mm. constantly so i find it very interesting and i've come up with another term uh which is quicksortification which is quixotic is like don quixote like it should mm-hmm. be called quixotification yeah, but for yeah. some reason Americans like the, uh, you know, quixotic. So don quixote is the famous story of a man who read a lot of books and then he couldn't tell the difference between reality and the books and he's fighting windmills. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is what happens is that our mind is made of media. Like we've taken in so many, you know, sitcoms, movies, books, languages, interactions and all of this gets worked into our literal world view like the room you're seeing around here is constructed in your brain based on these stimuli and is then projected back out. So here we are in three separate rooms in one room that are somehow harmonizing Mm -hmm. with each other in this intersecting grid of perspectives. Wow. And so, like, knowing, like, the idea that we are creating our reality but we're doing it together. It's not like one of us is, like, the god in this situation and if you can do it harmoniously you can co-create reality mm. which mm. is ultimately that's the real church of chill right that it's ultimately Amen. what it's all about it's Amen. that's yeah. what it's all about
1: <laughs> how does this apply to dreams because i think it mm. kind of does so there's there's
0: this notion that um let me see how i can best frame that 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 the dream is like your way of that remixing itself working itself out sifting through mm-hmm. different ideas um away from the stimuli like mm-hmm. things that that still stick around so maybe you get a better sense of what it is that's getting mixed up in the, yeah. the s- stimulus experience and also like that guy Eric Wargo uh one of the books he wrote one of them is time loops and one of them is precognitive dreamwork and the long mm. self and the long self is what you were saying earlier like kind of zooming out yeah. into this like you don't have to know all the specifics but you can follow your, your intuition which is just another word for precognition I think mm-hmm. you know Yeah, you're like um, in German I say vorgefühl mm. or in Dutch even vorgefühl which is like a pre-sentiment yeah. you don't even have to say it in another language you can just say pre-sentiment you're feeling it before it's happening um the precognitive dream work element too like he's very much about like write down every little thing you remember from a dream even if it's trivial especially if it's trivial because those are a lot of times things that you'll then start recognizing coming back you know that's good (laughs) like maybe last night you dreamt of a little typewriter and then i'm sitting here with this little finger piano and i do this Mm. and you're like oh that's the
1: wow click you know wow that's pretty awesome
0: and i like it too because you know synchronicity is always a big theme i think that goes around and there's kind of this thing of like synchronicity it means you're on the right track sort of thing but it's even cooler when you think of it synchronicity is something orchestrated by yourself in the future winking being like this way it's safe this way there's survival this way yeah that it's it's a game you're playing with yourself throughout time because then there doesn't need to be like some conclusion to it it just leads you again to like moments like this where we're safe we're together we're having a good time yeah conversing and we can like send this back to ourselves in this same room a few days ago when we met. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean I fully and this sounds far out, it might even sound conceited, but like I watch the movies that we end up making in my head before they exist. So and I've always kind of taken it for granted until very recently and I'm like, in very specific
0: terms or the feels pretty it can be very specific sometimes. Yeah. 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 And And they're uh, documentary films. It's not even like it hasn't even happened yet. It hasn't even
1: happened yet, but I'm like it's I, I can tap into it. I think it's like one of the reasons I do this is like because I can so clearly see what it is. And I'm like, we just have to make that. That's, I love that. It's so easy. You know, I like that's, that's I already th- see it.
0: That's it. I mean, you guys are also like, I think this isn't the first time you've been lysurgically like altered. I think this is no. probably something <laughs> more We're regular. Subtly, and what yes. what it, what it <laughs> does, I think, is it can erode these notions of the self that get in the way, you know? Like ultimately <laughs> yes. the self is this physical entity of action mm. and the other like mental hallucinatory self needs to like, stay out of the way stay yeah. out of, stay out of this and let let the action work itself out through time yeah and you know that uh, i think it's like a TikTok effect or something where it's like a person's walking and then there's like a frame of themselves up ahead and then they like hit that frame and then that one's in motion you know like yeah it feels like that like there's these different cells in the zoetrope of your animate life that are waiting for you to like Touch onto it, and if you're like open to it in that way, you can like catch that wind on your face. You can smell it
1: ahead, you know. Yeah, that's what acids helped us tap into. Yeah, is like up. Oh, that's a real one. That's something worth. Yeah. you know. And that's really with. what
0: I've always felt with with LSD specifically is that it's this kind of you catch waves of something up ahead in time, which is sometimes why it feels very, like, techno, you know? Yeah. It's just like, (laughs) chips in the brain, you know, like
1: cyborg reality up ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Totally different than a mushroom or an ayahuasca or DMT thing.
0: No, it feels very much like that. Also, like... I've had times I'd look up at the sky and there's just way more stars than they're supposed to be. And then I'm like, am I looking light
1: years away from here now? Am I seeing stars that died already? I've experienced Mm -hmm. that same thing. Mm -hmm. I've looked up and they were organized like graph paper and I just Mm -hmm. stared at it for so long. And I'm like, is that how it always is? Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm not that fucked up. Like that's the only hallucinatory thing I'm seeing.
2: Even (laughs) Our altered mind has that parabolic, thing too where it'll make s- like we want to I, organize I f- I feel it the most like i can watch two flames fight with each other like and have a whole yeah experience and it's an when opera. i'm on an altar <laughs> yeah it's totally when i'm altered or staring at the fire it's like it feels very dramatic whatever it is or mm-hmm. you know you can put so much feeling and meaning and it probably is just your self-created reflection of it but well,
0: y- well i mean in that sense if you're looking at two flames that are like sword fighting or something you mm-hmm. know like like, I had this instance by the river in California, by the Yuba River, which, what are, Have you ever been to the Yuba River? I don't in think Nevada so. Nevada City? No. I'd like to take you guys there sometime. I would love to go. cog. Yeah. Uh, Let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> Precog, riverine, riverine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that place is magic. And uh, once, in like, it was like 2007 or something, I had a very psychedelic summer. And at one point, I took, uh, and it only takes one hit for me. And I'm like, I'm already oh yeah. so, like, yeah. one yeah. foot in another world, so I just, like, opened it up. The rocks alongside the river became these perfect sculptures, like Rodin's garden of of rock sculptures. And all these sculptures were for telling a part of my mind, or like telling the story also again of my fears and hopes and dreams. And it gave me this really beautiful illustration about love. Mm. Actually, let's go back to fear first, (laughs) because this actually ties into the whole wolves and bats thing. Yeah. I, uh, so, I'd taken it at night. Everybody else had been tripping during the day, and then I took it at night, and they were going to go to sleep in you a bit. Fucker. And I was You're just. a person
1: to that were like, come on,
0: just <laughs> do it with us. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a terrifying <laughs> William Blake like experience, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> all right? <laughs> and so, like, I'm walking alongside this riverbed, and I'm like, my feet are chewing the gravel, like the little stones along the riverbank. And then the full moon starts kind of like seeping some of its light out from behind a cloud and it's shining on this one rock that's like, it's like, a, like an oyster. It's like this opened two rock bit, and it's shining a little spotlight in there, and there's this shadow where the pearl is supposed to be, but now there's just peril. This like wolf, I see like a wolf with an arched back, like Halloween style, like, like wow. an arched cat back almost with like fur on end. <laughs> And I'm like, ooh, is that, that's not a real wolf, right? Like, I'm just like, my mind is kind of conjuring shadows or something, and I'm, like, walking towards it, and then I can't walk anymore. I'm, like, petrified, and then, like, the moon blasts the whole plane, and, like, everything is, like, covered in this silver glow, and there's, like, this shadow up ahead, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to find out if that's a real wolf or not, like, (laughs) even if it's, I don't want to conjure some, like, wolf of my fears, and so... I kind of like turn away and I I was playing my didgeridoo on the water a little bit and the the waves coming in are almost like little movie cells and there's like light of the moon dancing on there and they look like little Tinkerbell animation, like a little Midsummer Night Dream, little fairies dancing on the surface of the water. And then they start talking to me basically, like the, the lights are configuring something in my mind and it's like, wow, that was terrifying, huh? That fearful wolf you saw. You know... Don't you kind of wish that you had confronted it in that moment? I kind of do that wish that I had done that. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, that moment is still now, right? You want to go confront it and check it out? And I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I look up, and like, there's these rocks, and they look kind of like Bedouins on camels. And I was like, I must warn the others. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? There's no Bedouins on <laughs> camels. Let me go <laughs> check this out. So I go in the direction. I climb over the Bedouin camel rocks. And now I'm looking at this vista with like this river which is like the river of time, you know, like pouring under the full moonlight and all the rocks are glistening and wet in moonlight and they're all, it's a sculpture garden. Wow. And on this one side of the riverbank, there's three distinct idols, I'd say, made out of rocks. One of them is, it's like a T-Rex, like the the ruins, like the fossils of a T-Rex, like slain by the riverbed. A little further up, there's like unicorn rubble there's like the <laughs> skeleton of a <laughs> unicorn, and then there's like um like cyborg bits scattered around, which later I interpret this, and I'm like, okay, the river of time right mm. the past there's the past there's Dinos. We're, we're we're propelling ourselves towards our own extinction on fossil fuels, yeah <laughs> uh-huh. then we've got this future where it's kind of like this techno you know integrated human hybrid future and then there's the unicorn rubble which is like all my fantasies have been abolished like this now i'm like facing the truth mm-hmm. facing the fear and the fear is a lot a lot of it is like fear of the unfamiliar and some of it's fear of the familiar and that was the next bit there was this rock family there was this like he was like a knight like very very strong he had this one arm up kind of like statue of liberty and he was holding on as the river was like, rushing past him, and you could see like the glinting armor in the moonlight. And then there was this maiden that was like clinging to him, and she was like touching his face, and she was going, sh- sh- like calming him. And then they had a child on their hip, like a little purse. And so it was like he was holding on in this stream that was trying to, like, time was trying to destroy them. Wow. But they were holding fast in this family unit, and next to them there was this like alien, kind of like from the Naked Lunch Cronenberg, oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. Mugwumps. But it's like the breakneck speeds of the river had like snapped its neck and it was just like dead next to them and they were holding on in this stream. And then I I later wrote it down because I could see them breathing, you know, like they were so real. And then I wrote down, I know they're not real. (laughs) They're just how I feel. But they live and they breathe they love and they breathe in the face of a stream that knows nothing thereof. They breathe and they love in the face of a stream that knows nothing thereof. Wow. Mm. Sounds like a and Grateful Dead lyric. It could have been. It was this feeling of like, I guess the question was like, what is love? You know, is love something that exists in nature? Is nature indifferent? And kind of the what this was showing me is that love is like this human principle, which is why people like stop believing it. They're like, I don't believe in love. And it's just uh, people mm. just fuck each other over. It's like, no, this is something that doesn't exist in the natural world. Like, of course, there's nurturing and there's nourishing and things like that. But love and the family unit in the way that we've kind of conceived that is like a human invention. It's like the thing that was missing Mm. in the indifference of the stream. Mm. Like, it wasn't that God is love. It's that there was no God and there was no love. But Mm. we invented these things and brought them into being as a value that we serve wow yeah love and is s- the only thing i believe in. yeah yeah and it's something it's we, s- we serve it in both senses of the word you know like we serve it mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. like we serve it on a platter to yeah. each other mm-hmm. yeah and so that was like huge so when you see like two flames fighting each other it's your inner processes like your dualities battling it out or something yeah. and and i think it's so it's so valuable for th- for that you know to be able to to divine what's on your mind mm-hmm. Are you guys talking heads fans at all Huge. Yeah. You know, There's, a th- I think, a line in like Slippery People, which mm-hmm. also, like, I mean, who are these slippery people? That seems like trickster territory yeah. right there. <laughs> he has a line like that. Uh, try to recognize what is on your mind. It's like, that's it. Yep. God help
1: us, help <laughs> us lose
0: our mind. <laughs> these slippery people, help us understand.
1: Trying to call in a Talking Heads reunion. There's little mm. wispy discussions of that potentially happening for the fortieth anniversary of stop making sense. So Really? Yeah. yeah. They're the they're the only band I can think of that would it would be huge <laughs> if they reunited. I'm like I can't think of many bands like outside yeah. my punk thing that would be as big as talk, talking heads yeah. playing. I yeah. love them so much. I mean
0: I love David Burns so much. Oh yeah. It's like especially like speaking in tongues, remain in light, like yeah. that era is just the lyrics the music it's just oh they my were God. so ahead of their time still mm. yeah. talk about precognition again yeah. like they yeah. caught something that still the world is catching up to
1: absolutely they were ahead mm. of their time but also were the sound of the 80s in a way like were, yeah. like i could probably go through every decade and be like that's the band that was the sound i think for the 80s at least for me it's like just yeah. talking heads yeah yeah anything else
2: <laughs> I mean, we could talk forever.
1: Yeah. We just talked for a while, so I figure...
2: Uh, yeah, no, I feel like they're doing stuff around here. We did I I
1: didn't even notice, but... Mm-hmm.
2: Just setting <laughs> up for an event, it seems. Uh, you
1: promote your stuff, uh, you oh know? yeah. So, um,
0: if anybody wants to learn more about me, go to theungoogleable.com. <laughs> uh, I have a podcast called Self-Portraits as Other People, which... You know, it comes out with an episode once in a while, but there's a good little backlog of 20-something episodes that you can submerge yourself in. And um, if you're in New York City, come visit the Athenaeum. Uh, On October 3rd, I'm going to take my stuff down, and we're going to do like a closing night event, which hopefully you guys will be able to attend as well. That would be fun. Um, Yeah, what else should I tell people? Oh, I have these. So I've been doing these things called doodles. So the the paintings on the walls here, they're called divined designs, which is that same technique, you know, the pareidolia, and then I pull the the divined designs out of it. Uh, but I also did a bunch of little small ones that I've been selling for $25 a piece called doodles. Oh, oh yeah, we were awesome. looking through those, those at the event. It was, they're awesome. Cool, yeah. So you can check them out on my Instagram, which you can find through my website, or just void underscore denizen. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's enough information. Theungoogleable.com is the best place to find me. Oh, yeah, Patreon. If you want to like, Please, be what my, is be your my Patreon? friend, it's uh, patreon.com slash so Support this. Support
1: yeah. this fool. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, support us fools. We're yeah, patreon.com slash church of chill. We'll be doing lots more stuff together. Uh, I think it's really cool that we have a podcast that's like a demarcation of when we first met and became friends. I love it. And I love it. We'll see where it goes from here. Well, I think we'll do lots more of these and yeah. we have you in mind for some other stuff. So, Super
0: exciting, guys.
1: Cool. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. Thanks for joining us. It's the Verrier podcast. Peace, love, and magic. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was really
2: wonderful. <laughs>